This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back to this week's episode of The State of Recruiting, your Orange 24-7 recruiting podcast. I'm Mike Roach, recruiting editor at Orange 24-7, and this week I'm rolling solo. Uh, But before we get into the show, we do want to remind you to go to our iTunes page, subscribe, rate, and review, and uh, we will, uh, any questions you leave in a five-star review will get answered on the show, so if you want to get your question in that way, please do that. Uh, It really helps the show, and helps our ratings uh, bump up, and helps us keep doing this. And uh, I would also say to check out the other great shows on the Horns 24-7 network. We've got the flagship with Taylor Estes and Chip Brown and the Longhorn Blitz with Jeff Howe and Rod Babers. Uh, So with that out of the way, let's go right into the show. As you guys know, if it's a solo show, it means we're going to cut it a little shorter than usual. Uh, Nick is, uh, it was his game week, so we were, Nick was headed to East Texas to go check out some high school football. Um, The game he was going to ended up getting changed to a Friday night. Now Nick's stuck in East Texas with what he tells me is poor Wi-Fi. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and just hammer this thing out on my own. We will start uh, by talking about the recent news in Texas recruiting. We are joined by one of the latest Texas commits, and we will finish with the mailbag. Uh, So let's jump right into it. This week, Texas picked up uh, a commit in the 2021 class. After losing quarterback Jalen Milrow, um, Texas moved pretty fast. Mike Yurcich identified his guy and uh, sent an offer to Charles Wright from Austin High. Uh, the local kid is a lifelong Texas fan. His father, grandfather, maybe even his mother, I'm not sure, um, all went to school at Texas. The kid grew up in the shadows of, of DKR in downtown Austin. And really, you know, for me, I, I think one of the coolest parts of this job is getting to see kids who grow up, you know, dreaming of being a quarterback at a place like Texas, getting to realize that dream. Um, you know, no matter where it is, because you understand growing up in the state what it is to dream like that and when, you know, you can actually take advantage of it, especially in a time when, you know, Charles is a very good prospect, but with Jalen Milrow already committed, I, you know, I, I think he probably already passed on that dream and was committed to Iowa State and was going to do his own thing at Iowa State and was really excited about that. But it's just funny kind of the way, you know, things come around and, and now Charles is part of that class. Um I think that there is a tendency to look at Charles Wright like he is just a pro- a program guy and a transitional quarterback, and he's just here to, to give you a body in between the, the strong class in 2020 with Hudson Card and Jaquinda Jackson and the super prospect in 2022 of Quinn Ewers. And I think that if you think that's all Charles Wright's going to do, you're underestimating him quite a bit. Um, he's an incredible competitor. I told the story on Twitter and on and on the Horns twenty four seven message board that I actually met Charles Wright uh, his sophomore year. I was going to uh, I went out to House Park in Austin to go see Arlington, uh, not Arlington Bowie, excuse me, Austin Bowie uh, play against Austin High, and I was going to see uh, Elijah Higgins, who eventually committed and signed with Stanford. 
Um, and I, you know, was really impressed with Elijah. Love that kid, and, and was there to watch him. But the young quarterback from Austin High kept catching my eye, and I mean, he was running for his life that night. As Bowie really put it on him, but. You know, the way he competed in there, the toughness he showed, the the way he battled really impressed me. And so um, after the game, Elijah actually grabbed me and said, hey, um, I was taking some pictures of him and stuff. And he said, can you take a picture of me and my friend Charles? We, we grew up playing youth ball together. So uh, the two had played like youth football together. And I, t- I took that picture and, um, you know, got to talking to Charles after that. And, and we spent a lot of time together. Um, his dad or his grandfather is a a big time guy in the Dallas uh, lunch bunch scene down here in Dallas where I am. And so I go and speak to that group a lot um, and, or, or at least did before the pandemic. And, um, you know, I would always see his grandfather. I would always get asked about Charles and, you know, I always thought I was going to have to say, you know, it's a shame, you know, I wish Texas could recruit him, but that, you know, they've got Jalen Milrow and that's just kind of the way things are. It turns out here it is. So hopefully I can get back to that lunch bunch sometime soon. Cause I would love to see his grandpa and those guys over there and their reaction to everything. Um, as a player, I, I've heard a lot of people liken him to Shane Bouchelle. I think that's that's probably not a bad comparison. I think he's probably got a little bit of stronger of an arm. Um, I, I really like the way he can throw. He can throw it off platform. He can make you know just about any throw you ask him to on the field. And so I think that um, you know with Charles, he's a guy who's going to absorb everything. He's a really smart kid. He's going to be uh, a really great leader. He's also a lacrosse player, so he's got some uh, versatility athletically there. Um, and I, I think that he's just a really good guy. Like, I, I can't imagine a better fit at this point in in filling in for Jalen Milrow. You weren't going to go get one of the big-time guys in states, a Caden Salter or a Demetrius Davis or somebody like that. Uh, you weren't going to go get one of those guys, so... You know, getting a guy like Charles, who I think has a ton of upside based on where he's ranked, is a big coup for Texas. And I think, um, you know, at this point was was probably the perfect replacement. So kudos to Mike Yurcich and Tom Herman uh, for deciding on that and making the move with Charles Wright. Uh, there was some more Texas news in this week, um, as it sounds like Kamar Wheaton is moving on from the Longhorns. I briefly touched on this on our board this week. Um, was told Sunday that he would be cutting a top two. Um, and, and releasing it on Monday, and was told, and, and I think the, the person I talked with, who's a very good source, assumed that it would be Texas and Oklahoma when I checked back on Monday, um, was told that Texas would basically not be in it. And uh, the reasoning is kind of murky. I mean, uh, you know, I, I was told that for Kamar, the, the recruitment between Texas and Oklahoma has really gotten personal. And it's more of each school saying bad things about each other than it is, you know, promoting their school. So I think I was told for for Kamar, he felt he needed to get one of them off of his plate. And I would think that, that would mean that, you know, Oklahoma had the edge, especially coming off of the, the visit he made to Norman for the Sooner Summit over the weekend. And so for Texas, you know, I think they hung in there. I think they really battled. But I also think Kamar kind of saw the writing on the wall of where things stand with L.J. Johnson and the Longhorns. Um, there is considerable buzz there, and there's legitimate buzz there from everything I know. So uh, I think at this point, you know, Kamar decided to move on. He's always had a, a proclivity for Oklahoma, especially Lincoln Riley, who he has a great relationship with. And he feels he's a great fit in that offense and that the offense is a great fit for him. So uh, for the moment, it looks like Kamar Wheaton is off the board for the Texas Longhorns. Outside of Kamar, um, we may be getting some more good 2022 dues in the next week or two. 
Uh, Jalen Gilbo, the cornerback from Port Arthur, Texas, who, uh, by the way, everybody hold a good thought for him. Uh, Texas commit Jordan Thomas and all the other people in the Golden Triangle getting pounded by uh, Hurricane Laura this week. Um, I, I talked to Jalen a few days ago, and, and they were already evacuating. And so, you know, hopefully the home is still there when they go back. And, and you know, hopefully the hardest thing he has to worry about is where he's going to commit. But uh, he did announce that he has made his decision. He will be making his announcement soon. And I do believe it will be Texas. I put a crystal ball pick in for Texas during the spring. I felt really good about that pick since the time I put it in. I, I think Jay Valai has um, checked a lot of boxes in that recruitment. And uh, if everything holds true, he will be the first defensive commit in the 2022 class for Texas. So um, I, I, I think it will probably happen in the next week or two that he'll announce his decision. Um, right now, I expect it to be Texas. If anything changes, of course, we'll update you on that at Horns 24-7. But for right now, I think he, uh, you know, Gilbo will be the next guy in that 22 class. And that 22 class is, is really buzzing behind the scenes. Um, I... If you're a reader at Horns 24-7, and if you're not, please consider giving us a chance over at Horns247.com. Subscribe to get all of our written work and things like the Stampede, my insider notes, all of those types of things. Um, but I, I reported over at Horns 24-7 last Friday that uh, Quinn Ewers had um, organized his own workout with four-star receivers Armani Winfield, Evan Stewart, and Faison Wilson. And uh, luckily I was invited out and, and was able to observe it and um, you know, I mean, I think that, that Wilson and, and, and Quinn are really working on those two guys to join them in the class. Um, I was really impressed with, with, again, with watching Quinn throw. I mean, he impresses me every time I see him. But he did some things, again, that made me just drop, drop my jaw and, and be astonished with what he could do. Um, and then, you know, at receiver, really loved what I saw from all three guys there. So uh, I think that that class is buzzing a little bit behind the scenes. I think that, um, you know, guys are talking and – uh, guys maybe jumping in. It wouldn't surprise me to see three or four more guys in the next month or two join that 2022 class. All right, uh, so that's going to do it for this week in Texas recruiting. We will uh, uh, we will uh, kind of gather everything up next week and, and do it again. Uh, but now we're going to move on to our second segment. Um, we talked a little bit about Charles Wright in this segment, and I sat down with Charles before we did this podcast for a short interview and just talk to him about what it means to be a Texas commit. So please enjoy this conversation with new Texas commit, Charles Wright. And now joining me on this week's edition of the State of Recruiting Podcast, it is the newest member of the 2021 Texas class, uh, a lifelong, a lifelong Longhorn. It is Austin High quarterback, Charles Wright. Charles, thanks for joining me today. Appreciate you having me. Happy to be here. Um, man, just, you know, I, I know you and I talked, uh, on the phone last weekend when everything was going down, but just kind of tell our audience here, how excited are you to be a Texas commit now? I'm extremely excited. You know, um, it, it's an honor, uh, but now it's time to get to work, get to business and, uh, make sure we keep building this class and keep working to achieve our bigger goals at Texas football. So when I talked to you last week, I asked you like in the middle of the interview and we're getting your commitment quotes, like, has it set in yet? And you said it hadn't. So now it's a week later. Has it set in now? For sure. Most definitely. You know, I'm, I'm trying to ride this cloud nine out for sure, you know, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to get to work, get to work now and uh, start, start working with these guys, our commits and, and getting involved and, you know, just really making sure that I, uh, I get there in, in the fall and, uh, and do what I need to do to, to be a quarterback at the University of Texas. Um, have you gotten in contact with the rest of the class? Have you started talking with those guys who are already committed yet? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, we've, we've talked a little bit. Um, you know, they're excited to have me, and I'm, I'm excited to be with, there with them. So, 
Um, so a guy that I would think you would probably be working on pretty pretty hard right now is Andrew Makuba, another Austin guy, a guy you knew from I guess probably just from being around Austin or yeah. did he did he play with Fast Austin? I don't know. So we we've been buddies for pro- probably a good year now, but uh, we uh, we've been working out with each other for the past year. And shoot, I called him before I committed and make, made sure that he knew what was going on and made sure that I, I wanted to make him a Longhorn as well. So. We're great buddies. Um, we're probably going to go launch in a couple of weeks or something like that. But good friend of mine, and uh, hopefully he, he joins me. So, um, you know, what about just getting to know those other guys in the class? I know it's tough over group text and not really seeing them face to face. But you know, how how do you feel just getting to know those guys? How how does how's the vibe feel with them? It feels great. You know, we have people from you know not only all over the country, but we got a good group from the state of Texas, which is great for us. Um, all great guys, all, all kids that really want to work and, and get better and make sure that they do everything that they can uh, to be a, a proper Longhorn and do everything that they can to get on the field and make an impact. So we have a great group, and I'm excited to join them. Um, I know down there, I because Andrew is uh, – LBJ, I think, is 4A. So they were – you know, technically supposed to be starting this week. But when I talked to Andrew, you know, he said, I guess the, the COVID situation in Austin so bad that really nobody's able to do much of anything. Mm-hmm. What Are you guys on track to start late September, like all the other 5A, 6As? Yes, sir. So we'll start September 7th. Um, we'll start school the 8th, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. In our first game, October 2nd, we'll scrimmage, I believe, the 24th. Um, but, you know, I, I think all 5A, 6A schools are kind of on that schedule. Um, we started workouts this week back up, um, which is great for us. And then we've been doing player-led practice before that. So it's been a challenge for sure throughout this. But, um, you know, we've had to find ways to, to get better throughout it. So it's, it's been good. Um, have you – I would assume you've probably been throwing through the quarantine still and just kind of keep it in shape. What kind, which guy – I mean, just – Throwing with some teammates or friends or something like that—is that how you've been working out? Yes, sir. And we, a bunch of guys around around Austin, we've trying to been trying to get together. Um, but you know, hopefully, I'll be able to get get in touch with Caleb Burton in a couple of weeks and get some work with him as well. Big twenty twenty two prospect for us. Um, plays at Del Valley, um, mm-hmm. a team that we need to beat this year. So um, maybe we can get in contact a little bit later. I've I've texted him back and forth a little bit, but. Uh, yeah, so hopefully we can get in touch, but uh, just with my teammates and the guys around the Austin area. You're coming in behind a probably Texas took, I would say, the best quarterback group in the country in 2020 with Quinton Jackson and Hudson Card. Um, they've got the number one quarterback in the country in 22. I think a lot of people look at you and they tend to forget 21, but you made it pretty clear to me that you're, you know, you're coming in here to compete for a job. Yep. I mean, that's, that's why I love to play football. You know, you, you got to compete and – you know, it's you never want something to just be given to you. Um, you know, and I think it's especially competing at the University of Texas is going to be the best competition you know in the nation. And and you got to love it. You got to embrace it. Um, and like like I said, part of the dream was to be a Longhorn, but that's just a little little part of it. I, now I got to make a name for myself and put the work in, earn their respect, and you know get on the field. So, um, what was the? Uh, I, I talked to you a little bit about this on the phone, but what was the reaction from the family? And I, I specifically. You you know I know your grandpa pretty well. I didn't get to talk, I didn't get to talk to you after you had talked to your grandpa. So what was his reaction when you told him? Well, I you know I think uh, they, I might embarrass all of them, but they all they all <laughs> shed a tear for sure. Um, it was surreal for them. They're they're extremely excited, especially just because they're you know going to be able to see me a lot more than they would of if if I stayed with Iowa State. But um, they're just excited for this opportunity for me, and and they were just I mean they're extremely excited. So. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with shedding a tear. Obviously, that's a Texas is a very special school within your family, and um, you know, knowing your dad and your grandpa as I do, I, I could I could definitely see that. Um, let's talk a little bit about Iowa State. I think that you know. This was probably the only commitment that could have pulled you away from Iowa State. I think you were pretty firm there. Um, you know, just uh, we don't get a lot of familiarity with them because they don't really recruit this area a ton. But what's Matt Campbell like? You know, what is what did you love about that program when you originally committed? Well, he's an extremely genuine person. He cares about his players um, and he wants to play college football and coach college football the right way. Um, he's, a, he's a great man. Um, he's done incredible things for me and my family, and I'm just very appreciative of all he's done. Um, you know, it was tough, and, you know, the, the relationship might be a little bit different now. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, he's definitely still someone that I think very highly of, and uh, he, he's a great coach. So, um, With Coach Yurcich, what have you picked up from him? What do you, you know, what do you know about him? What do you like about him? He, he's, he's all business, which I love. You know, he wants to win. He hates to lose, um, and he loves to compete. So um, if you got those qualities, that's a coach that I want to play for, you know. So um, he, he's really trying to just put this offense in and make sure that everything's running smoothly um, and, and make sure that he's, he's teaching the younger guys and um, really bringing them up through this program. And, you know, I think he's, gonna, he's a great addition for, for Texas football, and I'm excited to play under him. I saw him at a clinic in January where he did kind of like an X's and O's breakdown of what the offense is going to look like. And he's incredibly intense when it comes to sure. like describing uh, schematic things like that. I mean, how much have you two talked about that type of things? I know you're kind of a, I, I don't want to call you a nerd in a, in a bad way, but like a football a nerd, you know? Sure. Sure. So how much does that kind of click with you? Well, I love it. You know, uh, I'm able to learn a lot from him. Um, and I think that intensity is really, it's really good for me um, just because I feel like I'm definitely more on the intense side when learning the offenses and stuff like that. I mean, I've been in my high school offense for, for years now, and I'm still every single day trying to learn something new. So I think just having a coach like that that's ready to, to work and, and, and share his knowledge with his players is extremely valuable for me. Uh, you So you'll be joining Hudson Card and Sam on campus as like local Austin guys who are – who quarterback at Texas. Um, do you know either of those guys any, any bit? I, know, I saw Sam tweet at you after the commitment. I mean, how well do you know those guys or have you had any talks with them since committing? Uh, I guess I know Hudson a little bit better than, than Sam, but um, nothing too intense right now. Uh, a couple of my buddies know Sam pretty well, um, but I'm hoping to, you know, kind of get a better relationship once I get there, um, I guess in January. So. So you are early enrolling. That was going to be my next question um, and ready to compete right away. Uh, Mom, I would assume has got to be thrilled that you're going to be just down the road. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. She's very excited. Very excited. <laughs> yeah. That's going to be, that's going to be really cool. You know, a lot of kids want to get out of town for college, but when you're in Austin and you have a college like Texas, I could see the wanting to stay around. Um, let's talk about kind of some other interests of yours. I know um, off outside of football, I know you're, you're a big lacrosse guy as well. Uh, yeah. So I guess is lacrosse a spring sport? Yeah. So you'll yeah. be. I guess you've kind of since you're early enrolling, you've played your last lacrosse for Austin High. I would say. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, it's, it was tough. But um, did you ever give I mean any thought to playing lacrosse at the college level? Um, at one point, I thought it was a possibility for sure. Um, I, I played defense on the in lacrosse, which I think has been really valuable for me. It kind of like on defense in lacrosse, you got to be pretty physical, and I think that's helped me a lot. Um, especially in the off season, just working, staying conditioned and kind of keeping that, that uh, team uh, vibe throughout kind of throughout my high school year. So it's been really helpful for me, but um, 
it was a good time in my life, but now I, you know, I got to move over and, and switch to football and, and uh, do everything that I can to, to be the best player I can be. So. So I don't know anything about lacrosse. I played hockey growing up, and from what I've seen, there are some similarities. Sure. And it feels like defense – like I played defense in hockey, so okay. it, that's almost a quarterback's role because you have to see the whole ice or the whole field sure. when, you're, when you're moving the puck or the ball. Or, or, I don't know. What do they call it, lacrosse ball? Is it a ball? Well, uh, yeah. But what, essentially, lacrosse is hockey on the field. In my right. opinion, you've got to have a certain amount of numbers on each side of the field, and mm-hmm. you have the box and, and whatnot. So – yeah, so I think playing defense is almost a quarterback's role just because you're moving from the back and you have to see the whole field and, sure. and, kind, of, and kind of get to everybody. So I would assume that helps. Um, what other interests outside of lacrosse, football, like what, do you, what else do you do in your downtime to have fun? So over the summer I've been trying to get into some golf. Um, it's, it's been tough, to be honest yeah. with you. We're, we're getting there slow, um, trying not to slice as much. But I've been trying to get into golf. But I'm a big fisher and hunter and, and – kind of just that Texas outdoors um, is great, but uh, just hanging out with my friends, but big, big fishing and hunting and um, playing some golf here and there. So golf's tricky because it's, it's one of those sports where you'll, you'll be terrible all day. And then on 17, you'll just hit this perfect iron shot and it feels good all the way through your body. And you're like, Oh, it's like gambling. It's like, Oh, I can do that again. And it yeah. gets you, it gets you back to the course the next time. Yeah. So. And I, and I might have a great drive, Great, yeah. chip, all of that stuff, and then I get I get on the green, and I four putt or yeah. something. Like that. it's just pitiful. It feels like a game you can never truly master, which I guess is part of the fun of it. Well, Charles, man, thanks for taking some time out of today. I, obviously, I'm really excited for you, knowing you as long as I have, and uh, and your family, and, and really excited for for you to get to accomplish your dream. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks, Ben. You have a good one. We hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the State of Recruiting. We'll be back with the second half after a word from our sponsors. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It was a very bright, shining light, Sarajevo, and they needed to kill that light. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. U2, they represent a personification of our resistance. The Hollywood Reporter hails Kiss the Future, moving and inspirational. Kiss the Future! Viva Sarajevo! Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply. And we want to thank Charles Wright for joining us and taking some time on this week's show. All right, it's time for the mailbag. As always, you can get your questions in on the Horns 24-7 message board, or you can send them with a five-star review on iTunes. And that's exactly where we're going to start this week, and it's something I would love to address because I've gotten a lot of comments about it. Uh, The first thing that we got on the page from Navy Med 91. Thanks for leaving the five-star review. Said content is great. Just one negative comment. It seems like Mike intentionally cuts Nick off before he's finished his sentence and it's consistent and a bit of a head scratcher. Very noticeable in the mailbag from the August uh, 21st episode last week. Um, yeah. So again, this guy goes on to say it makes me kind of arrogant. 
Let me explain to you how um, the, the mistake we made last week and probably didn't figure it out until later in the week when some of these comments started to pop up. So we record uh, usually with two different tracks. That's to make sure that there's no uh, interference with the internet. By recording with two different tracks, it makes it a better sound. Um, I am not a professional editor. I do my best to, to edit the podcast together. But I also have a very busy schedule, so sometimes I'm in a rush when I'm editing. If you don't line the two tracks up exactly right, sometimes it can sound like you were cutting them off. And going back after we started getting those comments, I looked into the audio file from last week's show, and it, 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 sure enough, in a couple places, you know, the audio tracks were overlapping a little bit. So it sounds like I'm cutting Nick off, but in reality, the conversation we have is is going pretty normal and pretty fine. It's just, um, it's a mistake editing. So I'll cop to the mistake editing. Uh, that's what it is. Um, sorry, you guys, we will try to be better. Uh, I, I usually like to listen through the show once I edit it once, but last week was, was a very busy week. Um, and I just kind of did it on the fly and that's where everything kind of came out. So I hope that kind of clears up questions about, uh, anything like that. Um, all right, our first question on the Horns 24-7 board uh, from PD05. With Quinn Ewers in Dallas to help uh, recruit Dallas recruits, who do you see that could have an impact on players in other areas of Texas if said player would commit? Um, so I think if Texas was able to get a guy like Caleb Burton, that's a guy that I think obviously could help in the Austin area, but I think he would kind of help statewide and almost nationally. He's just really well-known. I think if you look into Houston, um, the two guys I would probably circle as as Houston guys, uh, Cam Dewberry is a guy, I think, um, who who really has some pool in that area. And then Denver Harris is another. So if Texas could get either of those guys, I think that they would really help uh, in Houston. Uh, from Red Wing, uh, Red Wings EK028, uh, does it appear that for the 2022 cycle, the Metroplex has more talent than Houston, elite talent than Houston? Um, no, I wouldn't say so. I think it's usually pretty well balanced. Um, I would say that there's probably more offensive line talent uh, in numbers in Houston. Um, I would. The DB talent's pretty strong there as well. It's pretty good in Dallas. I mean,. There's, I, I think it's a pretty balanced year. I don't think uh, one outweighs the other. Uh, from Den12, is Texas on the hunt for a grad transfer offensive lineman and or linebacker? I think Texas is looking in the grad transfer market for any moves they can make. I think if they could find a linebacker, they'd really love a linebacker. Um, and if they could find an offensive lineman they like, they would really like one. Um, but they're not going to take guys just to take them. So I think, um, I think that at this point, uh, you know, I, Texas is going to examine and really investigate every opportunity and every option. You saw them take a D2 running back this week. Um, so I think that uh, when it comes to offensive line and linebacker, I'm not sure they're as worried about offensive line uh, as they are linebacker. So I, I definitely think they're looking linebacker hard. Our next question from Saved by Ewers. Uh, how is Texas looking for Andrew McCuba as we close in on the decision? Uh, Charles Wright just kind of talked about it. He's working on him. Um, I know a couple guys in the Texas secondary are working on him. I've heard a lot of confusing things for Andrew Makuba, and I think that that's kind of the way he and his camp want it. Um, you know, depending on who he talks to, it's kind of a different message just about every time. So I think that, you know, with Makuba, the constant has been Texas and Clemson. 
Those are the two schools I think it will come down to. I think Chris Ash has poured just about every ounce of energy he's had into this recruitment. I think Texas has advantages in the sense that they are the hometown team. Uh, they've got close friends in the in the, the commitment class with Charles Wright and J.D. Coffey, Ishmael Ibrahim. I think Texas has everything going for it. Um, the problem is, is I don't know that Andrew loves what he sees from the depth chart in Austin. And I don't know that... Andrew is is being completely truthful with really anybody when he talks to them. I think he's kind of telling some people what you know different things at times. So um, as of right now, I would say I still continue to hear good things about Texas, but the value in that is tough to read because it's being uh, you know purposefully uh, is being purposefully I guess mysterious. Uh, I would say from the Makuba camp. So. I think Texas is is probably in top two. If he doesn't pick Texas, it's I, I'm not sure there's anything else they could have done. Uh, they pretty much emptied the gun on everything they've got for him. All right, from Bradley4506, uh, given the lack of offensive linemen that seem to be ready to go right now, will that put more of an effort on it for 22? And will it be more coaches from other positions recruiting them as well rather than just hand? Um, I don't think you'll see many other coaches recruiting offensive linemen. I think that that's a position where uh, those guys really got to have a strong bond with that coach. Um, maybe, you know, a guy gets involved and helps here and there, but um, it's really going to be on hand. And, you know, hand had a really good class last year, so it's not as if he can't do it. You know, it's just for whatever reason, it's not clicking in 21. So I think that, um, yeah, the, they're going to try to finish out the 22 class, but they're also going to have to try to find some answers in 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 21 as well. All right. Um, from Jay Garwood, 22 wide receiver recruiting. It looks like uh, Texas is set up to take a strong class right now. With Wilson on board as an obvious X take, where do Winfield, Burton, Stewart, and even a guy like Hudson project in the offense? Do any project a slot, or is Thompson the, the main target there? Seems like a lot of great options, but do you think uh, looking at guys with uh, skill sets, uh, similar skill sets? No, I don't at all. Um, Winfield is a guy who can play X or Z. Burton is a guy who can play X or Z. I think you can move both those guys inside at times, given uh, whatever you want to do. Stewart can play Z or in the in the on the inside. I think Hudson can play any of those positions. So yeah, they've all got pretty well-rounded skill sets. I don't think um, you know any of them have you know. For sure, this is the only place they can play outside of Wilson, maybe. And I think Wilson, you can even do some things with Faison Wilson. You could uh, play him at the X. You could play him as a flex tight end. You could put him in the slot in, in situations. I think that you can do a, a few different things with his skill set. Uh, from Triplet Joseph 44 what was the biggest surprise get that Texas has gotten that you've covered? Um... I mean, Quinn would be up there... I, I don't know. I mean, I I guess the timing of Quinn would be up there. So I'm not really surprised they got him. I'm, I was more surprised with the timing. The Brew McCoy saga probably is the craziest thing I've covered, um, just in the sense that we stood in a in a hotel in San Antonio right before Brew uh, reported to USC, where he told us uh, if Cliff Kingsbury gets the Cardinals job, he's going to transfer to Texas. Uh, and as why as far fetched as that seemed at the time um, for it to actually happen is was was pretty crazy. I think that would be the biggest surprise thing for me, even though it wasn't necessarily a surprise if you believed what he told us at the time. Uh, from Q Dog ninety outside of the offensive line, is there any other position group Texas should really focus on for the twenty twenty two recruiting cycle? 
No, I mean, I, you've really just got to fill out all everything you can. You know, you, you've you've really just got to make sure you're, you're filling your depth at every position, class in and class out. Yeah, there's some classes where maybe you'll put a little more into numbers here or there, but I think in most cases you've really just got to do a good job of staying balanced across the board and not overreacting maybe to the class before. All right, uh, Horn7612 is Deshaun Jameson, one of the funnier kids you've met on the job. Is Jalen Green one of the more serious kids? I've had a lot of these questions lately on uh, funny, serious. Um, uh, Jameson's funny. Um, Jalen Green's pretty quiet. I would say, like, Jalen Waddle's probably the funniest kid I've met. Um, Jalen Waddle cracks me up. Um, there's other kids, too, who aren't necessarily Texas targets who are insanely funny that I've met. And. I would say uh, Ernest Cooper, who I talked to this week, is probably the most serious kid I've talked to ever. Uh, from Hornsfan7612, again, do you see the Texas class in 22 being like the 18 class with from a secondary receiver perspective? I think it can be. I think from talking to people, there's optimism that that secondary class can be even better than the 2018 class. Um, the receiver class, too, it definitely helps to have a quarterback like yours. So, yeah, I think definitely both of those uh, could be um, a better position groups or at least same prestige. I think that talking to people in Austin, even my most conservative sources have uh, indicated a lot of excitement about what this 22 class can be. So um, I think that, you know, when you look at it, there's a lot of really strong uh, indicators there. All right. That's going to do it for the mailbag. It is the, it feels like the sixth or seventh straight week where Charles Daniels has not got his question in, even though he keeps texting me and telling me he's going to send them on Wednesdays. Uh, Charles, we don't have it, so man, we can't get you in on the mailbag. Um, Nick should be back next week. We're, we may have to alter our schedule now that high school games are back on and, and going on, and so uh, we'll keep you updated on that. But for Nick Harris, I'm Mike Roach. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we will see you guys next week.
Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now.